Hey, welcome to Wolf's Watch. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for the questions you submitted as part of the cybersecurity series. Today, we are talking to a leading authority on cybersecurity, Scott Schneider. Scott, thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure, Jeff. I'm really looking forward to this. Now, now, as you're watching this, let me give you a little bit of background on Scott and why I am excited about talking with him. As, as Scott likes to say, former FBI Director Robert Mueller once stated that there are only two types of companies, those that have been hacked and those that will be. That's a chilling thought for, for a Thursday. Scott Snyder is a professional speaker, author, and cybersecurity evangelist, and the creator of the brand Tech Advise. And Tech Advise has the goal of raising awareness uh, about the importance of cybersecurity for anyone who uses technology. That's anyone who uses technology, whether it's entrepreneurs and small businesses, up to boards of directors of major corporations, which he has worked with. Scott has gained more than 35 years of experience as an executive information technology, cybersecurity, and privacy expert. And despite this, he can still somehow speak plain language English when talking about not, you know, to non-technical audiences about highly technical issues, which is hugely important. You know, he breaks down the techno babble and easily understood in actionable topics and to help individuals and companies recognize the risks of the connected world, which are way, way broader than you may realize and what they can do to protect themselves and their businesses and your business. So you can protect yourself and your business from the bad guys of which there's an increasing number, apparently, you know, which is one of the things I'd like to start with guys. It just seems with all the reports that we've been getting like the July 6th, uh, well, it was reported on July 6th in major headlines. You got a headline here from Reuters that I'm going to share in just a second. But with uh, mass attacks like we had over the 4th of July holiday, is this something that's that's really getting worse the way it looks and feels? Or is it just being focused on and reported more? That's a great question, Jeff. So the, the answer to that is uh, all of the above. Um, Definitely, according to uh, Gartner and all of the cybersecurity uh, publications and, and studies that have been done, the number of incidents of cyber attacks uh, are increasing. And um, that's, that's just something that, that will continue. Uh, and then on the other hand, you're hearing about it more. You know, it used to be that that was, yeah. if you got breached, I, I'm a former CISO. Uh, if you got breached, uh, yeah, could you just real quick, what, what's a CISO? I'm that's a great. I, the minute I said that, <laughs> so a chief <laughs> information security officer. My my uh, job was basically information security okay. for a bank. Um, oh wow! But, but basically, uh, you know, um, the number and or, or you just don't want to tell everybody your dirty laundry, you know. So uh, sure. you kind of keep it to yourself. And there's there's other factors too. You may have, if you have some sort of data security incident, you may have a, a confidentiality uh, issue going on where mm -hmm. you don't want to spread yeah. that uh, too far, especially in data breaches where people's private information is concerned. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems especially with, with uh, financial interest, health information, things like that, it could create an, an undue panic where we hear something but don't really understand the implication of it or can't give, you know, the it's like, okay, that happened, but it's not really a big risk. Go on with your day. Or it's like, oh, geez, this is something to really focus on. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, and, and you know, the, again, uh, as probably with most answers today, there's a spectrum of things. Uh, there are people that are going, you know, their, their attitude is that it's just something that's going to happen. Uh, and there's people that are very concerned about it. Uh, in California, Virginia, and a couple other states, uh, I think Colorado is, is uh, right on the verge of passing a privacy act. Uh, basically, the states are, are taking uh, people's privacy into their hands. And in California, there are substantial penalties 
for companies that meet certain uh, criteria uh, that have leaks with people's personally identifiable information. Mm. And that, that seems to create uh, more of a headache for businesses potentially than actually solving the problem. It, it can. Yeah, it, it really can. It's uh, uh, there's, there's more regulations. There's more, uh, I, I want to say probably less cooperation, more focus on it. And really, <laughs> excuse me, those are the things that you can be drawn off to. Compliance is not security, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so Ooh, no, that's a brilliant point. Yeah. Compliance a lot of times we're not in, security. Yeah. Insecurity where, we're drawn down the path of, you know, of, of working on compliance related issues rather than mm-hmm. focusing on the security. You know, there's only 24 hours in a day. So, and there's only so much money in a budget. So uh, if compliance takes over too much, then security can suffer. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, before I have a follow-up question on that, before we take that step, I'd like to come back to the uh, July 4th holiday weekend, Independence Day holiday weekend, mm-hmm. cyber attack. I'm going to share a headline from uh, from Reuters, you know, it's like up to 1,500 businesses affected because a core service was attacked. And this really left me as I like go on, man, you know, this is something that really affects any business. Here's an example of it. It affects small businesses where, and I'd kind of thought, well, yeah, for, for a midsize or big business, somebody that creates a big target, they've really got to worry about it, but maybe not so much the rest of us. Is that really true or who, who's truly a risk here? Yeah, so that's another great question, Jeff. Uh, Actually, everybody is at risk from individual users and consumers at home to small to medium-sized businesses to larger businesses. And it used to be that uh, the focus of the bad guys was kind of on the bigger businesses because they were the big Mm -hmm. fish. Uh, According to the 2021 Verizon uh, Data Breach Incident Report, uh, which was uh, just published a month or so ago, um, basically, small to medium-sized businesses are, are equally as vulnerable to a cyber attack as large businesses. Uh, and then on, on the flip side of that, they're probably less prepared because the large businesses have the budgets and the tools and the people to protect their systems. The smaller businesses, uh, a lot of times, don't have those type of investments or those type of resources. So they're actually more vulnerable to what's going on. Mm. And then uh, I guess a follow-up to that is um, cybercrime is a business. It's a, it's a great business model. There are um, companies you can hire. There's, there's things like ransomware as a service. Uh, if you go out in the dark web and look for that, there are little homemade kits that are made for you. Whoa, whoa, you wait, wait a minute. You, you, can go, you can actually go out on the web and hire ransomware attackers? Absolutely. Yep. It's oh uh, you know, everything is a service, including ransomware and cybercrime as a service. So I, I apologize for interrupting, but that that just made that's just like, hang on a second. Oh, geez. It's it's a very good business model, you know, uh, to yeah. to go out. And that's and that's, you know, um, we, we read with uh, Colonial and JBS, they were multimillion dollar uh, ransoms in those. Uh, that's one way. Uh, as someone told me in consulting a long time ago, there's two different business models. The first is, you know, you can have uh, a lamb dinner once, or you can have a wool sweater every year. So, uh, and, and neither one is right or wrong. And, and the bad guys have definitely realized that, that uh, with some of the smaller companies, uh, this is what a lot of companies don't realize with ransomware attacks, is just because you, you got hit once doesn't mean you're not going to get hit again. 
and again and again, or even that uh, what you're paying for, the, the keys, the encryption keys to the ransomware are going to be effective in decrypting your files. Yeah, mm, that's a scary thought. An easy mark remains an easy mark until proven otherwise. That's correct. And then going back to an earlier question that you had, you know, uh, are we hearing about it more? You know, this was another one of those factors why a lot of companies didn't advertise that they had some sort of security incident uh, mm -hmm. because you don't want to, you know, the bad guys hear that too. And they're like, well, if, you know, if it was this type of incident, then that's sort of related to some other vulnerability that, that perhaps they're, they, they, I could exploit and, and use. So are they are the the bad are the bad guys getting uh, so good at this that they just kind of line up and go look once once this exploit works we know it sets up this one and this one afterwards. Absolutely, yeah. There these uh, you know just like we're talking about uh, COVID variants right now, uh -huh. and this is one of the problems. Kind of going off on a tangent here with antivirus is um, the way that signature based antivirus, which is how a, a lot of antivirus works, is. Uh, something is discovered, it's reported, it has to be investigated, and then the antivirus companies come out with uh, uh, basically signatures that recognize that and will block that attack. That takes almost a year for that to happen. And about the time that comes out, uh, a new variant could come out because the bad guys mm -hmm. know what's coming. So they just yeah. tweak a couple of things and, uh, and they can use uh, the same software over and over again. So we're truly driving our businesses forward, watching the rearview mirror. That's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And this, I want to display this real quick. The uh, this is the survey that you had rec that you had mentioned earlier, and some of the data is coming from. Correct. The that's Verizon correct. Story. Yeah. Yeah. Every year, uh, Verizon. This this is particular to data breaches, uh, mm -hmm. but it uh, there there are other uh, reports that are put out by some of the major security vendors and and researchers like Gartner and Forrester that also follow these trends for exploits and, and uh, the number of companies and the costs that are associated with security incidents. Well, and some of the statistics, just at a glance for a layman, some of the statistics were truly frightening, like the 280-day the cycle on identifying and correcting and broadcasting a threat, like we were just talking about with the uh, with virus protection, that it took so long to be able to take that action. But exactly. also that that most of the most of the breaches were really driven by um, misuse of, of credentials. I think the top two categories were misuse of credentials. And I forget what the second one was, but I looked at it and going, that's still it, it seems that that's stuff that can be covered with with some relatively basic best practices to at least minimize the leading the leading opportunities. Yeah, credentials are tough uh, because everybody uses them. So if you think about, you know, just um, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with the July 6th, you know, Kaseya was a, or is a managed service provider. So a lot of companies, especially small to medium sized businesses don't have a lot of IT resources. And so for certain things like server management or certain applications, they'll farm that out to other companies that specialize mm -hmm. in that. That's, that's essentially what Kaseya and a lot of other companies do. Um, and so basically you're relying on their security and their procedures. And this is actually one of the things that I would recommend uh, every company do. And especially if you're smaller is really get to know your technology service provider 
and what their capabilities are and ask them questions. You know, do you have an incident response plan? If there is a breach or a security incident, um, you know, what's our notification? What mm-hmm. can we be involved in the um, in the discussions and in the forensics and things like that? Uh, what are our with with your legal counsel? What are what are our remedies if something happens bad to us? Uh, you know, certainly with Casey, as you pointed out, you know, uh, several thousand companies were affected, and, and that was and that was this headline from Reuters, the fifteen hundred. That was what was behind that. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that was there the was a, attack. There's a supermarket chain in Sweden with Casey that uh, they didn't they didn't open for yeah. a few days. Um, that's a huge business interruption. So. Uh, because the was it because the point of sale cash reg- their cash register all the point of sale equipment was locked ex- up because of that's the- exactly correct yeah that's wow. exactly correct yeah and that was one of those applications that was outsourced and you know the a, a key point I'd like to drive home is there's no good or bad necessarily um, okay e- even with bad guys there's there's good good guy or good bad guys uh, recently this week. Uh, an Israeli company, the NSO Group, which works with with governments, uh, they mm-hmm. have a spyware called Pegasus, which uh, has been reported to be to have broken out into the wild and actually makes pretty much everybody's uh, iPhone potentially uh, subject to their spyware. Uh, oh so no! Basically, everything you you do on your iPhone and everything, uh, you know, uh, if if this Pegasus spyware was was somehow found its way to your to your iPhone, you know, uh, that's available for everybody. Uh, but most of the time, NSO Group is known for working with governments or companies to, uh, so they would be a, a good bad guy, a good hacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the bad bad guys. And that's everybody from cyber criminals to, you know, maybe some industrial, industrious uh, hackers working in their basements to you know, what we're seeing increasingly is that uh, there's nation state hackers that are starting to flex their muscles more and more. And uh, uh, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second sure. so we can say hi to our mutual. I've had our mutual friend uh, Joe Deshira waiting in the background. He was saying hello and he's joining us from the East Coast. Th- Joe, thanks for being part of the conversation. It's always good to have uh, you know to have colleagues along. This is 21st century television. Absolutely. Live and interactive. So join the conversation as you're watching us. Let us know. Say hello so we can give you a shout out. And if you've got questions, if we've got time, we'll get to those. So come back to what you're saying about the nation state actors. That seems to be something that's also more frequently heard in media reports. You know, we hear Russian hackers or hackers that, that are tied to the Chinese military, Chinese Communist Party. Absolutely. Some of these yeah. attacks. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, you know, um, the this will probably be the next, in, in my opinion, will be the next big war that we have is the cyber war. Wow. Uh, okay. Because, you know, you're, you're seeing some of the saber rattling even this week um, with President Biden, you know, uh, basically uh, pre- being a little more aggressive with Russia and uh, naming China and in, in the March uh, Microsoft Exchange uh, hack that took place. Uh, those are very serious um, allegations, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm sure that knowing some of our three initial agencies that we have in the United States, uh, I'm sure they're well-founded. Um, but you have, you have major players like Russia, China, North Korea, the Ukraine, um, that, that they recognize the, the value and the leverage in, in attacking our 
electronic infrastructure. Mm. It's just, it, it leaves me speechless just to think about from a entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, and think about this as you're watching this, what to do when you're facing attacks by large foreign governments or even small foreign governments, but it's actually, you know, has the resources of an entire country attempting to get into your systems. Yep. All I mean, these people uh, are there. I'm sorry, Jeff. No, no, I just go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, all of these people, you know, they're very smart. They're mm -hmm. very motivated. They're very dedicated. Um, some nation states have, including the United States, have, um, you know, literally thousands of, of people working on this. This is their full-time job. Um, and just going back, you know, a, a decade or so ago, you know, uh, the, the U.S. Uh, itself, you know, was involved in this uh allegedly, uh, in the Israeli government, allegedly with the Stuxnet, which was uh, a cyber attack uh, against the Iranians uh, and their centrifuges used to enrich uh, uranium. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's some great books out there talking about the Stuxnet attack, but that's, that's already ancient history. And then, uh, you know, if you come forward a little bit, uh, you know, uh, Sony Pictures was threatened um, allegedly by the North Korean government. Uh, oh. Over a movie that they were going to release, and mm -hmm. uh, pretty much those those of you that remember it, it, it was quite embarrassing and quite costly for Sony to address that uh, that cyber attack of their email and other servers. So it seems it seems that this is happening more often, but it's also becoming radically more profitable to do it, which would just create a negative cycle for us in terms of, of it makes it uh, you know just in a huge incentive to continue these types of hacks and, and to find other exploits to use. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I said, it's, it's big business um, and there's mm -hmm. different business models as we, as we discussed earlier with the, you hired out as cyber, uh, cyber crime as a service or ransomware as a service. Uh, there are exploit kits you buy and do it yourself. Um, there are governments that are looking for access to hard currency or uh, for other types of ransom or other types of, of potentially political leverage. Um, so I think we'll, we'll continue to see this. Um, and uh, it's, it's a continuing cat and mouse game, and it will be. It always has been, and it will continue to be a cat and mouse game between uh, security providers and the bad guys, whoever they are, um, to to protect and then on the other side of it to try to penetrate systems. And, and to be involved in that cat and mouse game for as long as you have, that must take a phenomenal amount of, of energy just to stay on top of the day-to-day -day threats, the evolving threats, uh, let alone being able to, to deploy uh, ways of, of preventing it, you know, and helping people like you've been doing with Tech Advice. Absolutely. If you're an adrenaline junkie, get into cybersecurity. <laughs> or kind of, I, I have a saying. I said it's being in cybersecurity is like 365 days of Christmas. Every morning you wake up and there's new surprises under the tree. Mm. So yes. uh, that's that's definitely Although, the way it is. Uh, even for me, I, I still um, I have about a dozen different uh, threat feeds that I monitor every day. Uh, just to see what's going on in the world. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you and I talked last week and we were talking about two or three different things. And then this week uh, yeah. there's two or three more and that's, that's going to be a continuing trend. But you, 
you don't really come across as an adrenaline junkie. I mean, you know, we're going to see YouTube uh-huh. videos of you doing stunt, you know, stunt piloting planes or base jumping off of buildings. <laughs> uh, probably, probably not that. Uh, I do. Uh, uh, and this, there's actually a security story to this. I do scuba dive, uh, and I have since I was 16 years old. Nice. Um, and uh, really enjoy it a lot. Uh, one one of the things that our instructor told us back when I was 16, I always remembered is, you know, the question always comes up, what about sharks? And it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a good question. And the instructor was fairly nonchalant about it. He said, you know, sharks aren't out looking for a six foot dude in a black suit blowing bubbles. And uh, that's, there's a lot to be said for that. We're not their normal prey item. On, on the same token, uh, they, are, they do represent a threat. They're out there. Um, and I had occasion four years ago to uh, go great white cage diving in Mexico. And you, you uh, intentionally got into the water where you knew there were great white sharks. I did in a cage. So that, I don't that's know that I would, definitely <laughs> some adrenaline junkie activity. But believe me, my oh family, my gave me, yeah, they gave me, uh, they gave me grief for even that, uh, for even getting <laughs> in a cage. Um, but the thing that struck me most about it and it relates to cybersecurity is, um, you know, I, I'd been diving all over the world. Um, the water looked the same. It was as blue as, as any other place. Uh, some of the bottom features looked the same. The shoreline looked the same. Uh, there are a few seals out there. But there was nothing there that would have caused me to be concerned about where I was diving. You know, uh, if our boat just pulled up and we put our tanks on and jumped in and decided to go for a dive, nothing would have given me any pause at all uh, until you're in the cage and you see these these huge 20-foot gray shapes coming up out of the... out of the, oh, uh, 20 feet? 20 feet long, like the size of a sprinter van. Whoa! Uh, huge, huge animals. And it just occurred to me that, you know, I, there's, there's nothing in my experience that would have given me any pause, and yet this danger exists. And I think that translates to the cybersecurity world for a lot of business owners that you guys are swimming with the sharks. You know, we're all swimming with the sharks. And it's not just that they're out there and they're not looking for a six-foot guy in a black suit blowing bubbles. They are looking for us. We are their prey items. And uh, that's probably the first thing that I would that I would ask uh, any executive to recognize and any business owner to recognize is you are a target. There's there's no such thing as too small or flying under the radar in today's world because the uh, technologies that are used, the bots that go out online and look for your computers, they don't know what your business is. They don't know what your computer does. They're looking for vulnerabilities. And so mm-hmm. they don't really care if you're big or small or if you're uh, uh, have have uh, you know a million dollars or ten thousand dollars. They're basically looking for uh, vulnerabilities and a way to get in. They're searching for open windows, and when they find one, they're going to go inside and see what they can get. That's exactly right. So it's uh, it's Shark wow. Week out there every week. Yes, that's a good way to put it. It's Shark Week every week. Oh my gosh. How did you get started in, in this field with IT, with cybersecurity? Oh boy. So I started out uh, with the uh, honorable intention of, of being a uh, doctor, uh, specifically a thoracic surgeon, and wow. got into college and uh, basically you know ran out of money and uh, had to do something. I taught myself how to program in, in college and, uh, or in high school rather. And then in college, uh, went and got a job at a, at a 
company here in Orange County uh, in the mailroom and kind of talked my way up into IT. And then from IT, uh, got into other areas such as compliance and then eventually information security. Mm, okay. It used to be a lot easier back in the day. Uh, the computers that, that I looked at uh, and I st first started working on, you know, it was uh, a box in a room with locking doors and hardwired network cables to dumb terminals. So uh, they were they were definitely a lot safer in those days because at least you, you could keep your arms around things. Uh, by the same token, the, the technology that we have today, um, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now without great technology. Uh, yeah. With the internet and the uh, and the video uh, streaming and and all the other uh, things that we have, so uh, but with you know with uh, great gifts comes great responsibility. Yes, yes, absolutely, and it's just the complexity of it is is mind boggling. You know, when I when I ask about you know the, the biggest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making, you see you know especially small business, mid sized businesses. Uh, before going there, though. Just wanted to to uh, follow on the complexity of it in the the, the leaks that that creates. You think you know just on this broadcast, you know, as you're watching this, think about it. You're watching on a computer connected to probably a router or local internet connection that's that's going over the internet, or maybe your Wi-Fi. Maybe you're having a cup of coffee, in, you know, at, at your favorite uh, establishment while watching this. And Scott, while we're talking, you know, I get a camera, a microphone, all this gear hooked up. And, and running that through a router it just seems that creates so many potential windows that it's almost impossible to stay on top of where we're leaking, where we're creating leaks, where we're leaving a window open. Yeah, it's it's really a full time job um, and, and full time job plus. And it's something that a lot of executives, especially at smaller companies uh, and but even boards of directors is don't take that for granted. Um, um, just as you said, you know, the the. If you want to think about technology, we talk about it in terms of stacks, but it's a lot like a cake. Uh, so a cake has various layers. You know, you might have a chocolate layer and a and a spice layer and a and a marble layer and things like that. And those they all have different characteristics and and do different things or taste a little different. Uh, that's how technology is. You know, the layers are instead of you know marble and spice and, and chocolate, they're called things like operating system and network an application and uh there is a technology stack that uh, all these things are in there so if you think about just even what we're doing today you know um we have a network component we have an application that we're using here with Streamyard. um we have operating systems either windows or mac os or, or perhaps even linux um so it's, it's very much like that cake and any part of that cake can go wrong at any time and it, it, it doesn't say static, you know, a uh, cake goes bad and, uh, and it's yeah. the same in technology. So the, the one thing that I would ask everybody to think about is you have to update everything. Everybody assumes and, and windows does a great job. Apple does a great job with Mac OS about updating their operating system and some of, some of their applications like Microsoft office. So you don't even have to think about it. Um, but there are things you know you, that you mentioned, Jeff. You know, uh, how about your Wi-Fi router? When was the last time the there's special software in it called firmware? Your camera, um, which is huge, baby monitors and, and webcams, uh, a lot of times are used for compromise. 
because the the original software is on them, and uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want someone turning my my web phone camera or my uh, any of my in house cameras on. You know, taking a look at, at me walking around the house. Or wow, that's a scary thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's I'm, I'm watching the time because I'd asked for a half hour, and we're just a little bit past that can you stay for a little bit longer to, to oh, talk more about that snack and some of the yeah stories? i love this stuff Jeff. appreciate that my pleasure yeah absolutely so as you're watching this you know we usually go about 30 minutes as you're likely familiar with wolf's watch but this is this is such great information we're going to go for another 15 20 minutes so that we can talk some more about that, that that layering of the cake and some of the key mistakes what can be done to to counter that so th thanks for giving us some extra time scott sure my pleasure um, yeah, I would say, you know, for, for companies, kind of the top probably three or four things there's, you know, as entrepreneurs and small business people, and even, even in large business, you know, the last thing anybody needs is one more thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but this is well, so important and it is, it is really something that people think about as long as things are going well. And Mike Tyson said, you know, uh, everybody's got a plan till you get punched in the face. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, that, that definitely happens. So the first thing I would, I would say is make sure you have a plan. Um, you know, no matter what size your business is, you know, if your technology is compromised, um, what, who are you going to call? Um, who are, who's going to help you? Do you need an attorney, for instance? You know, do you, do you maintain uh, some of your customers' personal information? Um, do you even know the resources when you're in the middle of a, you know, you turn on your computer and everything, the ransomware sign comes up and says you're locked. That's not the time to go looking for help. So it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be formal. Uh, it could be one page, but it's like, gosh, here's, here's who I'm going to call. Um, and then part of that, for those of you that, uh, have technology service providers. So, you know, we, we talked about Kaseya earlier as a managed service right. provider, right. um, you know, know them and know what their capabilities are. You know, an, another saying that I've always had is believing that security is your technology provider's problem is like believing that the Titanic is the white star lines problem while you're standing on the deck in waste tape water. Um, so you are, you are committed when you're using other people's technology. And so understand, you know, do they have a plan and how do you fit into their plan? We kind of talked about that earlier. Yes. Um, so that's probably the first thing. The second thing is update everything, like we said before as well, is just uh, your firmware needs to be up updated. Uh, your cameras need to be updated. Your router needs to be updated. Um, your Just your basic technology, like your, uh, your hardware at home, your laptops and your desktops and things like that. You know, probably about five years is getting pretty old for some of those things. So, you know, consider having a replacement plan uh, for, for some of those, uh, some of your home technology, uh, and some of your smaller technology. And that goes for, um, larger companies as well with servers. Uh, one of the challenges we had, uh, at my last, uh, uh my last position was that uh, we were a bank. We were used to having everybody inside the fence. And, uh, when COVID came along, we had to push everybody outside. So that yeah, I was about to ask about that with, with such a sudden, especially because it was so sudden. It was remote work. Yeah, it was huge. And there's huge security implications, uh, but there's also operational implications. Uh, uh, the, the VPN servers or virtual private network servers that were being used for people to, to talk to the bank from home. 
uh, you know, they were designed to, to handle, you know, 20 executives. They were not designed to handle, uh, you know, 300 people dialing wow. in at the same time every day for eight to nine hours a day. So, I, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. The, the service providers being able to scale to that. Exactly. Yep. And then, you know, then you have uh, other other risks, supply chain risks. Uh, in the middle of COVID, it was hard to get laptops. It was hard to get servers. So uh, these are things that, you know, again, as you're, as you're updating everything, think about a technology replacement plan so that, uh, you know, you're not completely exposed. Yes. Um, it just seems that that creates a massive policy and procedure problem. What's everybody doing? And exactly. In addition yeah. to the, the addition to the equipment problem, what the heck is everybody using at home? Exactly. Well, you know, uh, the Center for Internet Security has what they call the top twenty. They've actually uh, they've actually just uh, come okay. out with version eight, which has a couple less, but uh, they've kind of consolidated some things. But um, I would encourage everybody to just just Google CIS top twenty security controls. And uh, go over to images, and you'll see a you'll see a um, uh, infographic that they have of some of these things. But so um, that's that's CIS top twenty. The CIS top twenty, yeah, or Center for Internet Security top twenty, yeah. Um, but it will show that you know the, the first the first two controls is know your assets, know your software, and know your hardware, know where it's at and what version it's at, and all the rest of that. So. Um, that's really important. Yes, the phones, the every piece of technology. Because that, yep, that's, that's and what great. about Internet of Things? Because more and more people are installing ring cameras on their doors. Absolutely, they're connecting some of their appliances, the, uh, especially heating controls. You know, heating and air conditioning controls in homes. Is, yeah, is that does that become part of that broader? Now there's another window open. Absolutely, problem? yeah, absolutely, and that's that's uh, you know your home network that you have a lot of people just use one network and you're using it for work the kids are on it um your internet of things your nest is on it your ring doorbell is on it your smart tvs are on it um and some of those devices such as you know there's there's well-known um, exploits with um, baby monitors and and other types of things um you can go out and google you know, default passwords for some of these for baby monitors. Mm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't change these things. They don't change their router passwords. Yeah. So, so the most basic, the, the password itself continues to be one of the biggest problems. It really is. Yeah. Password. I would say the two wow. things, passwords and patching, um, making sure okay. that you have the latest software updates. That's mm -hmm. what we refer to as patching. Those are the two biggest things that that could really bring the curve down in terms of wow. the risk that people are exposed to that's amazing that's amazing because I, I, I think about it, it just astounds me because that was things you know i started my career in aerospace so we got training on those types of security 101 issues you know in the 1980s and yet here it is 40 years later you know, Absolutely. To say that out loud, but it's <laughs> 30, 40 years later, and we're still struggling with the same issue of just going, change your password from password or one, two, three, four, you know, is, is the first step in securing your systems. Yeah, it's amazing, Jeff. The, uh, every year, the, the, the worst passwords, uh, it's another thing you can Google, the worst passwords used uh, are, are updated every year. And, and, password and one, two, three, four, five and QWERTY and 
all those things continue. You know, this is this is 10, 15 years, I think. They continue to be in the top 10. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then the bad part is people use these passwords not only for their personal accounts, but all of their personal accounts. So not only do I wow. use it for, you know, my utilities, but also my banking and, and maybe even my frequent flyer miles. Um, but then a lot of people, especially working from home, will use the same passwords at their business. And a good policy for businesses to have is that your passwords have to be non-personal. You cannot, you cannot use a personal password in business, and it should be the other way around too, vice versa. Mm, yes. Um, still watching the time. We're going to make sure we can, we can cover a few more things. What, what other top tips would you have? Boy, I would say in response to the mistakes, the common mistakes that you're seeing that really could be prevented. Yeah, I would say backups. Make sure that you have uh, very, very robust backups. Um, you mean I need to back up my hard drive? Online and offline. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so make sure you have cloud backup services that are available. Um, and, and again, this for for people that work at home. For myself, I use uh, I use a backup service, but I also have uh, you know I went to Costco and I have an offline backup that I I do once a week and it, it stays there just in case the offline service goes. Um, but making sure that they're, that they're robust. For those of you that are managing an IT department, um, of maybe at a smaller company, um, make sure those backups are tested. Uh, we had, uh, when I worked yeah. at uh, uh, one of my former employers, uh, we were performing a, uh, an audit of our backups and we had daily, weekly, monthly backups. Um, but uh, we, we actually did an audit of when they were actually being performed and whether the media was good. And we actually had some huge holes in our backups. And so we had to go back and think about it. It's, it's, it's another thing that even in professional shops, this was a Fortune 100 company, um, and we had major holes in our backups. Um, mm. so that's something I would pay attention to, especially in the age of, uh, of uh, ransomware and, and other malware. Yeah, backups don't help if they don't work. That's exactly right. Yep. Or if they're not taken, if they're not ever taken. Or, or they're if they're not, not taken. Yes. It helps even less if you never even back them up. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but now that's, you know, now that you mentioned on. that, it's something that I've, over the years that I've heard again and again, you know, something happened, even not an attack, you know, computer goes down. I, early days I had, you know, a number of years ago, I had that happen with one of my personal laptops. I had a backup, the system failed. There was an older system. So it wasn't too surprising. It was like, ah, oh, no problem. Pull out the backup. Guess what? It files corrupt. It doesn't work right, and so I can't back. Don't have the backup that I thought I did, which then created a problem. Exactly. This is why you want to test them. Um, you know, or I know, again, probably at the same company. You know, we had these things that came out called zip zip drives, right? Yeah, right, right. USB, and so all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's on. You know, as we were as we were going from zip drives to USB, we needed some files from uh, the zip drive days, and you know, we started looking around at the computers and it's like, does anybody have a zip drive anymore? You know, so even though we had backups, the technology had moved on and uh, it was it was quite a bit of work to figure out how to get the, the backups off those old zip drives. So pay or, attention. Or a three and a half inch floppy. <laughs> or, or three and a half inch floppy. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's something I ran into recently. I've got, uh, you know, painfully dating myself again, but there's a, a report that I had done years and years ago that I was looking for to, to get a citation for some research out of it. And I realized 
it's most likely on, I've still got a set of three and a half inch drives um, that I had not copied over yet. And it's probably on that. And I'm not really sure how, what I'm going to do with that because I haven't had a computer with a three and a half inch drive on it for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You would probably, you know, you can still buy some external drives, but this goes back to update what we talked about point number two, update everything. Yep. And, you know, these are, these are the things you have to think about or are, you know, the technology gets old, it gets stale. You know, uh, someone once said technology is like, is like uh, fish, you know, um, it starts to smell when it's on the shelf too long, you know? Yes. And, so, and much faster than you would imagine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, again, you know, there's a, a lot of things we need to do, um, but just the, the awareness of knowing, of knowing that, um, mm -hmm. knowing that you can't ignore this. You can't afford in a technology age and a knowledge-based economy age to ignore this stuff uh, between the risks of cybersecurity, the risks of, we actually call the, the old technology, there's a name for it called technical debt. Um, and you can, you can go with a little bit of technical debt, but if you start getting too far, you're, you're gonna run into some problems. Um, and I think that probably the fourth thing, uh, real quick, Jeff, is just uh, realizing that, you know, we all have more than one computer. And I, I realize some of your audience might be sitting there going, no, 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 I have one computer. It's, it's my laptop or my desktop. I'm looking at it. But uh, we all have one of these things. And, um, and they are computers. And they need the exact same protections uh, that are often overlooked. So you need antivirus on your computer. You need a VPN. Uh, I'm sorry, on your smartphone. Um, you need to make sure that your, your updates are occurring and that your app... Uh, they have something that's a little bit scary with called applications and, uh, and be very, very careful with yeah. the phone apps that you download and what permissions, where you get them, what permissions they have, and that they're updated regularly. Uh, so uh, even though I'm in technology, my friends make fun of me because I'm probably one of the most Stone Age technology guys there is. <laughs> Uh, just because I, I, I basically go with the, the absolute minimum necessary to, to get things done. And uh, I, I do not want to be bleeding edge because uh, going back to the shark, the shark thing, I don't want to be bleeding in the water with sharks out there. Yeah. Unless that's your business model, there, there's really no reason. And exactly. that, that also reminds me of something that I was taught in my first job out of college uh, at Hughes Aircraft, they had a mantra that said, look, if technology is not the problem, technology is not the solution. That's right. It's a tool. Technology is a tool. And, you know, it's, and, and one thing too, you can't, you know, to let everybody know, you can't be a hundred percent secure. Uh, there are companies that have spent nothing on security or very minimal uh, budget uh, devoted to security that have been hacked. Um, and then there's people that are, are companies that have spent millions of dollars on security and have thousands of employees devoted to it in some of the data breaches. And they've been hacked as well. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's just realizing that you're, it's a risk like any other risk. You know, your factory could burn down. Uh, you could get in an auto accident. You know, you, you manage these risks. Um, and I guess my message to folks would be um, recognize that it, it's, it, it is a risk that needs to be managed. So first of all, recognize it, don't ignore it. But then on the other half of it, you know, don't don't go overboard um, because you could go broke doing that and still end up with with a hack. So it's it's finding that middle ground somewhere that works with your particular business model. And, and being able to master the technology 
that you've got. Exactly. Or you I've, I've run into that where I'll upgrade something and go, you know what? That was a big mistake because the complexity of being able to master it uh, in the time that it took outweighed the benefit that I thought it was going to get. And it would have been better to stick with what I had for the time being uh, because we didn't really need that th those those cool bells and whistles that were coming with the, with the next step towards the bleeding edge. Exactly. You know, and in cybersecurity, you know, with the bleeding edge, stuff that's new is buggy. You know, um, so no matter how and, and the companies are, you know, people go, oh, they should be more careful and all the rest of that. No company wants a data breach. No company wants a product that allows some sort of security incident to come out. But uh, mm -hmm. going back to what we were talking before, things are so complex and they're constantly changing and they have to play well with each other. Um, so uh, and they all interrelate. So. Um, you know, if people are making a, the, their best commercial efforts to, to stay up to things like that, uh, recognize that uh, this is our community. You know, as, as technology users, we all have a, a piece in ensuring that, that uh, things are working well. And people that do have hacks, it's, I, I had a board member ask me once uh, a couple of years ago when, when a, another company, large company, was hacked. Uh, Ask me, you know, don't you feel good? And I said, I, I never feel good. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I basically, I just, I thank God that it wasn't us that, uh, that, that fell victim to that, that we know about. Um, and I would never wave the red flag in front of, in front of the bowl or knock, knock people down unless they were, you know, just, um, uh, basically being uh, irresponsible, you know, um, yeah. that's, that's, that's the whole thing. Uh, there's a, uh, a thing that, you know, people that don't spend any time on cybersecurity um, not only will be hacked, but deserve to be hacked. And, and I think it was Richard Clark, who was uh, in the defense, uh, one of the defense agencies that made that statement. Uh, but uh, the trouble is out there. And, and uh, uh, just as we, you know, take care of our taxes and our accounting and our marketing and all those other things, we need to make sure that we give a couple of cycles here and there to our, our technology and our cybersecurity. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm watching the time. You know, I know we've got a hard stop at the top of the hour as you're watching this. We're, all, we're almost there. We just want to make sure we uh, I wanted to ask you about tech advice and how that, how you, that came about when you founded uh, tech advice is, is a company to really help with uh, the small midsize, well, even with the, the board members of big companies to get the message out in, in a way that we can, as lay people that we can understand the non-experts because cutting through the techno babble, I, I started my career working in, in, like I mentioned in aerospace companies like Hughes and we loved our, our TLAs, our three letter <laughs> acronyms, right? Yep. So there's a language that goes with it in understanding the language or being able to, to, to have someone like yourself that that's really good at translating that into, into, uh, more common American English, I guess would be a way to put it. Um, how, how did tech advice come about? So basically just kind of what, what you uh, alluded to there, Jeff, is um, as I realized, it, so first of all, you have to realize as a technologist, the way that we validate ourselves to each other in the technology world is as a bunch of nerds and geeks. So we use all those, those three-letter acronyms you were talking about. And, you know, you've got the, you know, the, this and the that and the MAC address and the EIEIO and all the other things. And when you walk into a board meeting or you're talking to a business owner and stuff like that, you can, you can physically see the eyes glaze over 
yeah. um, is people go, I have no clue what this guy is talking about. But even more important, I don't know why it's important. And so uh, as technologists, uh, what I realized is we have to learn how to speak the language of business and make all of this technology stuff uh, a little less intimidating and, and have business owners understand business risk and, and the so what. Uh, I used to tell my team, you know, uh, they'd tell me, you know, some, some exploit and this and that with the 13th bit of the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so what, you know, uh, this, yeah. I've got to go to the board of directors and tell them what this means to our business and, and what, what we're going to do about it and how much it's yeah, is this something we got to watch or is this DEFCON one, you know, do, exactly. we, do we need to launch the bombers or what's going on here? Exactly. So, uh, there was that. And then just, uh, in, in board meetings, you know, you, you'd see the, the board members check out and, and senior managers mm -hmm. check out. So I came to realize the first part of it is that you need somebody who can, um, explain in, in plain English how all this stuff works. So using the, uh, I, I had to explain one time, uh, uh, to a CEO of a company of, about network throughput using an example of a water pump uh, network. And, uh, you know, he says, you know, the problem could be we need bigger pumps. The problem could be we need bigger pipes. The problem could be something shut off somewhere. It's not just, uh, it's not any one thing. And uh, and to do that in a non-condescending manner. And, and I think, you know, they, they yeah. really appreciate it. The second half that I, that I noticed is there's just a lot of smaller, you know, entrepreneurs um, my, my neighbor, uh, has a soils engineering business and I was talking to him one night, this is a, a dozen years ago. And I said, you know, you work from home, you, you have a home-based business. Uh, what happens if your computer goes down? You know, do you have it backed up and all that? And, and he goes, I would be out of business. I don't even know what a backup is. I didn't know I wow. needed to do that. Uh, I would be out of business because I would lose all my engineering drawings and my reports. <clears throat> and there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are like that, that, you know, sure. their world is on their laptop. And so they don't know it because they haven't been exposed to it. So part of Tech Advise is raising that awareness to small companies and small to medium sized businesses that can't afford a chief information security officer or can't mm -hmm. afford, uh, you know, three or four or six information security professionals or the tools, you know, the multi-thousand dollar uh, tools that are available. So that was another thing with Tech Advice. My heart was really into uh, the bad guys are out there. Like I say, they're looking for you. And so the, the purpose behind Tech Advice is to raise that awareness, not to scare people, but to let them know that you are swimming with the sharks. There are things that you do need to do to pay attention. And there are resources available, and that's really that's really the the reason. And then on the high end, it's uh, talking to the boards of directors. It's making sure that uh, the people that are responsible for the governance over some of these public companies, uh, or even even private companies, private boards of directors, that they know the the so what's. They know what they should be watching. Yeah. Well, and to understand how to properly present that to the board of directors or to C-suite. You know, I recently talked to, to someone, it wasn't in technology, but they had to do a briefing to, uh, to C-suite at their company. And I looked at their presentation and I was like, oh my gosh, how could this person be so far along in their career and nobody had ever coached them on how to, on how to present their case, how to do a presentation to C-suite that's, go that's gonna respect everybody's timing and effectively carry their message. Exactly, yeah, that goes back to that first, the first big sin of technology is, as technologists, we validate ourselves to each other by showing how much we know. And that falls flat in business. You know, business people, they, yeah. 
they don't want to hear about it because they they don't understand it and they shouldn't have to understand it at that level they should understand yes. what it means to their business what and how to manage those risks well and the reality for business owners for executives is they've got 10 or 20 emergencies, crises, fires that they're working on and trying to get handled or make sure that their team is handling at any given moment. And to bring something new, it's got, it's got to cut through that clutter and it's got to be put in its proper, you know, clearly put in its proper priority relative to those other 20 things. Absolutely. Table. And there's not a lot of time to do that. It's a short window of time to be able to effectively get that message across. Absolutely. Yep. That's, uh, that's a key point that I wish, uh, and, and I guess the other side of, of tech advice is to be an evangelist back to uh, yeah. my peers in the technology world to keep spreading that message. The guys, you know, we're new. Um, people understand that what the CFO was talking about. They understand bottom line, you know, uh, double entry accounting has been around for, you know, 400 years or probably close to 500 years now, you know. Uh, information security has been around, you know, maybe 30. Um, so we're the new kids on the block. We have to figure out a way to to get the attention and how and, and how to deliver a message that will allow management to make the correct decisions as they would yes. with a, with a financial decision. Yes, it, you know, and as you're watching this, Scott and I had talked for hours on multiple occasions before before this conversation. There's just so much more that we could cover. Uh, Scott, we might have to talk about doing, you know, doing a multi-part series because we, we didn't touch the tip of the iceberg. I think we just cited the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg at a distance with this conversation. I think so. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing that I'm so excited about is, is uh, there is so much more. And uh, the, the, the trick again is not to be overwhelmed by it. Um, but to be aware of it and then to prioritize just like, uh, just like you do with any other, uh, business decision and things like mm -hmm. that. So, but well, ignoring I mean, it is not going to serve, uh, anybody well. I mean, you can't do, can't, can't do the thing of, you know, if I cover my eyes, you can't see me kind of a response to the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that Sometimes it those I just wish, yeah, I wish it would be that simple, huh? Yeah, the wolves are definitely uh, out in the forest. So hey, you easy with the wolves. E easy with the wolves thing. Oh, I didn't. I'm sorry about that, Jeff. I, I <laughs> you go back to the sharks. You know what it means. It just is, as an aside. You know what it means when someone gets thrown to the wolves. Uh no. They're at the party at our house. Oh, okay. Okay. Perfect. Well, hopefully, so it sounds happens. like a bad thing. But those that are going, hey, you're getting thrown to the wolves. They're like, yes. I was going to say, how they're serving up today. <laughs> I look forward to being thrown to the wolves someday. <laughs> Hey, I you know I appreciate you taking so much time to talk with to talk with me today to talk with our audience. And as you're watching this, you know Scott gets invited to speak on industry panels. He's a highly sought after speaker. He has, he constantly works with boards of directors. As he mentioned, you know he, he recently was brought in directly at a bank at the at the C level to be the chief Inf information security officer uh, to help them with with their you know making sure that they had all the windows and doors closed, if you will. Uh, so Scott, that to have someone that's just so deeply embedded in the industry and not really a name that you would know because in the security world, that's, you know, not something you really want to be out waving and going, hi, you know, here, here we are. We're the experts at this um, until it's necessary, like it is in today's environment. 
So I appreciate that. Before we wrap up, I, I, I want to ask, you know, what, with all of that that's going on with the in, invitations to speak, you're a highly sought after advisor. What, what are you working on now? What's, what's coming up next? Well, so uh, I'm speaking with a couple companies that um, basically do, one of them does cybersecurity as a service. So uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, being able to have uh, essentially resources for, for companies and be able to uh, deliver, you know, confident, com confidently deliver these resources to, to companies and things like that. So I'm actually on a, a technology advisory panel uh, for a new cybersecurity as a service company called Cyvitar. Uh, this is not a, an advertisement for them, but uh, that's one of the things that, that uh, I'm, I'm working on. Uh, and then uh, I, I have recently retired from the bank and, uh, and I'm moving into the, basically the speaking uh, on a full-time basis and doing things like this. Uh, so it's getting all the infrastructure set up for that. Uh, I, I've spent a good part of my career trying to stay under the radar. Uh, I, 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 if you Google my sure. name, not, not much comes up, and that's and that's by design. Uh, so I'm I'm starting to come out a little bit uh, into the open a little bit uh, with uh, with what I'm trying to do uh, with cybersecurity. Now that I don't have day to day responsibility for for keeping a company safe. Oh. You're, you're like one of the one of the quote na quote unquote Navy SEALs of the cybersecurity world, you know, because we we hear we hear we see books and whatnot from from Navy SEALs after they've retired because you don't want the visibility while you're doing what you were doing. That's a great analogy. That's exactly <laughs> what it is, and it's you know, and and then a lot of things, uh, you know, uh, you and I have a have a business coach that uh, a business yeah. marketing coach that talks about Facebook. And I remember the first time, you know, uh, uh, he mentioned it, he's like, you got to get on Facebook, you got to get on Instagram, you need a social media presence. And all of that goes so against uh, what my practices have been up until now, you know, um, and we'll see where the middle ground is. I, I, <laughs> I'm still a little leery of, of again, yeah. it goes back to that shark diving thing, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't know that I want to swim without the cage that much. Yes, Joy, absolutely. Swimming with the sharks without the cage, not likely to be a good day. No. Especially if you nicked yourself shaving or you never know. That's those, those without being, without having the cage, swim with the great whites. You don't know what's that, that rare one in a million thing that happened that creates a vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, just Scott, recognizing. What's the, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? I, I, sorry, we're running over time. And sure. I know oh, yeah. The, the, uh, you've got other way, stuff coming up. What's yeah, the, the best, best way, way is, to... is schneider uh, at techadvise.com. And uh, there it is down there on the on the screen. Uh, so that's the best way. If you have any questions or, um, you know, if you'd, if you'd like to have a session like this or, or something's coming up or you think you might have an audience that uh, – that could benefit from uh, a deeper dive into cybersecurity. Uh, I would be more than happy to uh, to talk with you. Uh, this is really it's where my heart is. Um, it's, mm -hmm. it's a real danger. Um, I, I can't imagine as, I, as I'm doing it right now, building up my own business. I can't imagine building a business and having it all taken away from me, uh, literally yeah. over overnight. Uh, like so, walk in in the morning, you 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 have a, a retail brick and mortar business and you're walking in the morning, you can't open your cash registers. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the, uh, you know, something we didn't touch on, you go out to get in your car and the ignition won't start. 
you know, if, if you've got a car, this is something that perhaps cues up a, a future conversation. It's like if you have a car that's less than 10 years old, it likely has 20 or more computers embedded in its systems because of all the brake monitoring, the GPS, the, the new radio, you know, the, those nice LCD screens everybody's gotten used to with the, with the touch response and whatnot. Um, it's throughout, and that creates a whole other level of challenges. And if you have some kind of connection to a, um, a service that, um, oh shoot, what is it called? OnStar. Uh, yes. On, like OnStar. Thank you. You know, I, I can't imagine what kind of a, of a exploit risk that creates. So if, especially if it's a company vehicle that ties back into the business. Yeah. The big, the biggest thing to remember is if you're connected, you're vulnerable. Yep. If you're Bluetooth to something, whether it's your car's information system or to another device, like this earpiece that I use for interviews, you know, that opens up another conversation for what kind of security risks are, are we not paying attention to? Exactly. Wow. So much stuff. And, and again, thank you to our mutual uh, colleague, Joe DeShira from the East Coast, uh, founder of Bedrock Business Builders. We appreciate you being with us, Joe. And if in, uh, as you're watching this, if you submitted a question that we didn't explicitly cover in today's conversation, you will get an answer. Uh, we, we had quite a bit that we covered, but there was so, there's so much more. Uh, we'll follow through on, a, on, I'll follow through on a guarantee to make sure they got answered for you. And we'll send that out to you. Scott, thanks for staying so, so much longer than, than uh, I had asked you to. And I really appreciate the information. As you're watching this, thanks for being here today. You know, if you if you like this kind of conversation, hit the like button, feed you know feed the algorithm so you can get updates and help and help us get the word out. And this is interactive, so send your comments. The, your comments are read; it helps shape future uh, future episodes. But it also gets back to professionals like Scott. You know, if you've got a question and didn't and you're watching this on a replay, post your question in the comments because it will get forwarded to Scott to get answered. So Scott, thank you so much. We appreciate Absolutely. you being here. Yep, my and, pleasure. Uh, yeah. All right, thanks for thanks for watching Wolf's Watch. Without without you and guests like Scott, this would not be much of a you know much much of a watch. So on Wolf's Watch, we're constantly scouring the countryside to find resources and tips, best practices that help you move your business forward as a business owner. So I'm Wolf. Thanks for being with us today. And reach out to Scott at S Schneider at TechAdvise.com. That's S S. Schneider at techadvise.com to, you know, he's a great speaker. He's fun to talk to. He's got some great high adrenaline stories, believe it or not. We talked a little bit about the, uh, the scuba diving. So again, thanks Scott. And we will see you on the road. All right.